Flex Sports. The young swings and lifts a high fly ball. Billikens win! Billikens win! This is Sports Open Line. It's a grand slam! Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice. Yes! KMOX. A good Tuesday evening to you. Welcome into another edition of Sports Open Line. Almost, almost a full program tonight. We'll be taking you to about 7.40, 7.45, somewhere in there as we lead you right into coverage of tonight's St. Louis University men's uh, basketball game. They've got a big one late night tip-off at Chaffetz Arena as they are going to match up against Memphis. No disrespect meant to the likes of Murray State and Evansville, but the opposition level certainly moving in an upward direction for the Billikens tonight, and as many of us think that this Billikens team has the opportunity to be really, really, really good this year and have a, uh, a bit of a deep run potentially maybe late in the season, uh, this is one of those mile marker games. This is one of those litmus test games, whatever sports cliche you want to, want to use. Uh, that's one of them tonight here, uh, maybe the first big-time early season test for the Billikens and uh, Bob Ramsey, Earl Austin Jr. They've got the call for you. Again, coverage a little bit after 7.45 Tip-off is scheduled for 8 o'clock. We've got a busy program coming up here on Sports Open Line. A lot of blues hockey here in this first hour. Luke Korak from uh, from NHL.com. He's going to join us to talk about the Blues' big win last night. It was a big win, and it was an exciting win. Like I can't remember uh, watching a game and being edge of your seat at the end of the game in a regular season contest as much as we were for last night's game in quite some time. To watch the Blues fight off a late six-on-three holding just a one-goal lead, that was that was pretty cool. So I'll tell you this. Um, my wife is a big Colorado Avalanche fan. She grew up in Colorado. She I met her when I was working in Colorado Springs. So she she at least has the excuse of being from there, but she is a big Colorado Avalanche fan. I am well aware that she's got bragging rights based off what happened last season with the Avalanche, but I can't tell you. I was downstairs in my office watching that game and I can't tell you when that game ended how quickly I moved to get upstairs to gloat to my wife that the Blues had won last night. And here's the thing that really bummed me out about it. She knew exactly what was happening. She was watching the game upstairs. She knew right when it ended, so she heard me coming up the stairs, moving pretty quickly. Uh, I'm I'm a big dude, so I'm not going to sneak up on anybody, that's for sure. And, like, she, she just does the... Congratulations. I she couldn't even be like at all a sore loser about it. She was she was nice, she was courteous, she was congratulatory, and I hated it. I hated it so much cuz all I wanted to do was enjoy the Blues winning that game. I wanted her to be a little bit upset about it. I wanted her to like talk some smack to me about last year's playoff run, but no. No. Uh, congratulations. That's a good win for the Blues. <sighs> Sore win or uh, classy winners. We don't we don't need people like that. They they make the sore, or I guess classy losers, they make the sore winners like me not be able to enjoy the moment just as much as I wanted to. But that was still that was a fantastic win. That was a really good win, a fun win. And again, I don't know anything about this blues team. In, in the sense that I I I don't know if 
who they are is this team that's won three in a row with a couple really good wins. I mean, their last two wins are the best two wins of the year. 3-2 against Vegas and uh, 3-2 against Colorado. I know Colorado's a little bit banged up, but those are great wins. Uh, is, is that who this team is? Is this team the team that win and lost all those games in a row? I don't know. I'm just I'm having a hard time uh, getting much of a sense, but I do know that it feels like things have stabilized. The waters have uh, been settled down just a bit. Got to calm those waters down, and seemingly that has happened, and that's good. Uh, that that losing streak was alarming. We can't lie about that. That losing streak was alarming. Uh, but they've been able to turn it back around and luckily still very early on in the season. They've got a they've got a hole to dig out of that, you know, you don't go on a losing streak like that this early on in the season and not have a hole to dig out of. Uh, but it's it's not that big of a hole. There's just a few points out of a playoff spot right now. They're fine, uh, but that was a good win. They'll play in Chicago tomorrow. That's going to be the first of a back-to-back. After playing the game in Chicago, they'll get back to St. Louis, and then they've got Washington at home coming up on uh, Thursday evening. So, again, Luke Korak's going to join us coming up in uh, just a few moments. Later on this hour and uh, early into next hour, we'll talk some St. Louis Cardinals baseball. We're going to... Uh, rehash a little bit of the interview that I had yesterday with Cardinals hitting coach Turner Ward and some of the interesting things that he had to say and what that might uh, indicate for um, the team moving forward. Also, uh, we'll be joined by uh, Illinois men's basketball coach Brad Underwood. He's going to join us in about an hour. 7.20 is when the Fighting Illini men's basketball coach is uh, set to uh, join us as we continue on with our parade of coaches. That might be the end of the parade, by the way. We uh, we might we're efforting one more, uh, but we that might be the end of the parade. And it's been really cool talking to all the area college basketball coaches over the uh, last couple weeks. So a lot to get to as always. If you want to join us, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Call, text if you want to tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. Luke Korak, he is set to join us next. This is Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. This is America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue here on KMOX. The Blues are on a bit of a run. So far, it's been all or nothing. They started the season on a winning streak. Then they went into a long losing streak. And now they're on a uh, winning streak once again. We're very happy to uh, welcome back onto the program a guy who covers the Blues for NHL and NHL.com. Also has his inside the Blues at SI.com. You can follow him on Twitter at LKorak10. He is Lou Korak. Lou, always appreciate your time. How are you? Good, Matt. How are you doing? Doing good. Just can you, what, what's, as you're watching the end of that game when the Avalanche have pulled the goalie, so it's essentially a six on three, it's a one goal game, and the Blues are able to uh, kill it off and get the win. How big of a moment is that for this team? Well, you can certainly look back on it at the end of the year if, uh, you know, if you're looking for something that sparked the season turned things around. You can definitely point to that because once all that transpired, I just, I just kept thinking to myself, they need to get somehow get this to overtime because I didn't think there was a, I didn't think there was a snowball's chance that they would get through that without allowing a goal. I mean, think about, you know, you're, they have two, they have two skaters out there to year one <laughs> and you're, so you're, you're basically, you know, 
you're you're giving up three players, which is pretty much unheard of. And you know, Colorado's good enough as it is. You know, even at six on five, they're going to be dangerous. But at six on three, you just kept thinking, uh, you know, you're leaving Ryan O'Reilly, Nico Mikula, Colton Pareko. You're leaving them out there to slaughter. I mean, it, it's it, it was going to be. You know, you, you just wondered how they were going to get through that. And somehow, some way, they were able to manage through it. You know, all the kudos to Jordan Bennington for how good he played. I mean, that's that's an incredible two points to be able to pull out, all things considered. And, uh, you know, you're on a you're on a three-game winning streak now. And, you know, that, that eight-gamer that uh, was quite a, quite a large hiccup <laughs> by, by the Blues standards, uh, you know, it's in the rearview mirror now, but, you know, I think this team has just got that mentality right now of just continue to build. Just worry about the next game. Don't worry about, you know, trying to match an eight-game winning streak or a five-game winning streak or a 10-game or whatever it is. They've kind of got that attitude right now of just win the next game, and I think that's really helped them out here. You know, you had to start somewhere, and and you had to win one. They got the one against San Jose, and, you know, people were like, ah, you know, whatever, you just beat the Sharks, but – now coming off of back-to-back wins in Vegas, in Colorado. That's pretty impressive. From Craig Berube's standpoint, during that losing streak, I mean, there were some changes made in, in terms of some line combinations and, and some movements up and down between uh, the NHL and AHL, but the, nothing crazy was done. He didn't lose it. Like he, he was clearly frustrated, but it, it, you know, he, he didn't lose it. How important is it to have a leader that during a period like that is able to continue to kind of just preach the idea of just keep working and it's going to come around? Well, that's what it is, that, and that's really all it was. And, you know, there was a game there, I believe it, it was against L.A. when uh, they got booed off the ice that, you know, you had some pretty frustrated and upset players talking about uh, the effort that they're putting forth. And I think, uh, you know, by their own admission, that's that's where the fan frustration came in because, you know, these players here understand that this is this is a very this is a very accepting and a very understanding fan base. and. It's one thing to get beat, but it's one that's another thing to not put forth an effort. And I think the fans were understanding that, they were feeling that, and they were letting the team know it. And I think it all just boiled down to staying with the process and just putting forth an effort, putting forth an effort and continuing to work. And I think that's what you're seeing here. It's been it's been a it's been a byproduct of what what has gone on and uh Again, you're on a three-gamer now. You know, you look to the next game tomorrow. You try to get it to four. And, you know, you're not at 500 yet, so you're you're still continuing to build here because, let's face it, they dug themselves a, a pretty significant hole there. All things considered, I get it. It's still early in the year. But, man, when you when you play eight games and that's 16 points on the table and you don't you don't grab not even a single point out of that, that's a large chunk of points to leave on the table – now they're left to make up for a lot of that, and uh, you know they're slowly chipping away at it here. And I think they're grasping an understanding of what their identity is, where they need to be, and how they need to go about it. The rest, you know, moving forward here. You mentioned Jordan Bennington, and um, you tweeted out his numbers in his six wins this year: one eight two goals against average, nine forty four save percentage. For whatever reason, he's really good against Colorado, and that that certainly helped out yesterday. But it feels like he, you know, you go through that losing streak. Obviously, there's going to be some not so great moments for a goaltender, but it still feels like he absolutely has the ability to to steal you a game. Well, and 
you know, I don't know if you would put that game in that category. If if you don't, it's certainly right up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had to make 45 saves. And now, granted, you know, somebody that maybe didn't watch the game could think, wow, the Blues were just besieged last night. But all things considered, the shots, both teams had a high volume of shots. The Blues had 39 themselves, which is cool quite a number. Usually Colorado at home outshoots their opponents by a pretty wide margin because they usually are the ones that are on the attack and have the puck more times than not. So, you know, I, I thought it was a pretty evenly played game last night. And, you know, that that's a team that likes to funnel pucks at your net from, from all different angles. And I think what the blues did last night really good was they, they contained them to the perimeters. And when they did have their, high end and grade A chances, you had your goalie that you need to make a save, was able to make a save. And he did that last night. And none bigger than the one timer on Kale McCarr there with inside of two minutes left. I mean, that's the one that I was looking at and I'm thinking, oh, oh, here it comes. And, you know, when he slides from his left to right and is able to make that save, it was, uh, you kind of started to think, I don't know, maybe, maybe, you know, he's going to be able to pull this one out for his team. He was certainly good in the third period, you know, facing 22 shots uh, against uh, Vegas when they made their push on Saturday night. So um, I don't know where this team would be right now without him, because even in those games where, you know, the numbers look, you know, quite gaudy and not in a good way for a goalie, you know, that to me continues to just be where the team play was so poor in front of him, it reflected in his numbers. But I don't think it's any of it's been reflective on his play at all because, quite frankly, I just think he's been pretty fantastic this year, and he's really picked up where he left off with that unfortunate injury in the playoffs last year. Luke Korak, who covers the Blues for NHL.com, also has his Inside the Blues at SI.com, continuing to join us on Sports Open Line. I know you've touched on this a little bit already in our conversation, but very specifically, uh, and, and it's not just one thing. I'm smart enough to realize that you don't go from losing eight games in a row to winning three games in a row by select, you know, by fixing just one thing. But as you as you compare the totality of the losing streak to just the spurt that they've had in these uh, last few games, uh, what have you seen from them that maybe has been the biggest difference? Well, I think their ability to hang on to pucks in the offensive zone with with a little more regularity. They're getting pucks in and. Now these guys are going to work. This all stems back to when we were talking about that they're just putting putting you know in more work here. And this is a team that thrives on when they get pucks in deep and just try to work their opponents down. That's when they tend to have their most success. And when they were losing hockey games, and it was something that I had touched on with Craig Berube a couple of different times, is you know asking him, "Are you seeing too many one and dones?" And he and he you know quite frankly said, "Yeah." So. That's something that they needed to correct. Now they're getting pucks in. Now they're able to go to work. They're able to retrieve them. They're able to turn teams over. And that's when they're at their best. I think that's been the biggest noticeable thing for me. The less time they spend in their defensive zone, the better they are. Because, you know, let's face it, quite frankly, you know, it's a, it's a D group that has gotten better over these last couple of games, but not one that's really equipped to be able to withstand a whole lot of pressure in their zone. When they're able to get pucks cleanly and able to transition them out of the zone freely, get them up to their forwards and then let them go to work at the other end. That's when they're at their best. And I think you're starting to slowly see a gradual increase in each one of these games that they've won. Jordan Cairo has scored two of the last three games is just 
he hadn't done much of anything. A lot of people talk about the contract and him re- responding to that. Clearly, it's important to get him going, but how much of that is a sign of maybe that he is going to get going just based off what he's done the last few games? Well, a couple things. I think it's helped that he's uh, got Braden Shen centering him again because, you know, listen, Braden Shen's a pro's pro. I mean, this guy gets it. He embraces uh, every opportunity that he's given and whatever assignment that he's given, he graciously accepts it and goes about his business. And he's taking Cairo under his wing and he's got, and he's getting into play. And I think in that regard, he's playing both ends of the ice a little bit more. Now he's becoming more defensively responsible. He's becoming more aware of his play on the other side of the puck is equally as important as his play with the puck. And I think once he started to understand that you're starting to see a little more well-rounded game and, he saved the goal last night. I mean, just, just with his ability to back check, there was a play where there was going to be, it looked like a sure wraparound goal and he gets his, and he gets in there quickly, hustles to the post, gets his skate down and, and is able to thwart a scoring opportunity that would have put Colorado ahead early in the first period. And who knows where that game would have gone then. But when he's doing those things and he's able to do those things because of his speed, he's able to close people down when he gets back with some authority and puts in the effort to play on that side of the puck, I think that translates over to the other side. Last question for you, and this kind of follows up on what you just said about Kyrou working with Shin and that line also has Barbashev. The other top two lines, O'Reilly with Saad and Levo, and then Thomas with uh, Buchnevich and Tarasenko. We didn't expect those to be what the lines were going to look like when the season got started. Do you like the way the groupings are right now beyond uh, Shin working with Kyrou? I do, because... You know, you have some familiarity, obviously, there with Thomas Buchnevich and Tarasenko. You know, eventually those guys are going to get hot and those guys are going to be able to, you know, put their fingerprints on, on games quite a bit moving forward. But what I'm starting to finally see and what you needed to see is Ryan O'Reilly get some line mates that play to his strengths. And what I mean by that is guys that are able to hang on the pucks, guys that are able to win pucks and win those board battles and win those wall battles. You're seeing that from Brandon Saad. You're seeing that from Josh Levo, who's the biggest wild card in all this and the biggest surprise. But he plays that style that maybe not quite the same style of game as a David Perron, but just his ability to win wall battles, be able to hang on to pucks below the goal line, plays into the strengths of Ryan O'Reilly. And I think you're seeing that raise his level of intensity and his play moving forward as well. He is Luke Korak. Read him at NHL.com. Read him with his Inside the Blues at SI.com. Follow him on Twitter at LKorak10. Lou, thank you so much for the time as always. We'll catch up again real soon. Anytime, Matt. Take care. All right, very good. There's Luke Korak talking with us after a big Blues victory last night. I'm telling you, it was so much fun. It was so much fun watching those final couple minutes as they tried to battle through a six-on-three, and they were able to do it to get a win against the defending Cup champions. When we come back, more on the Blues. We'll hear some of the post-game audio that came out of the uh, locker room after last night's game. We'll do that next. This is Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley. This is KMOX. This is Sports Open Live on America's Sports Voice. Touchdown, Kansas City! KMOX.
Continuing on here on a Tuesday evening as we take you for about the next hour or so, a little bit more than that, we'll lead you right into coverage of St. Louis University Billikens basketball late night at Chaffetz Arena, an 8 o'clock tip tonight as SLU is in action against Memphis. A good test for the Billikens this evening. Bob Ramsey, Earl Austin Jr., they've got the call of the game at 8. Pre-game is going to uh, get rolling again just a little bit after 7.45. We're talking Blues hockey. They get a fantastic win yesterday, knocking off Colorado 3-2. They uh, fight off a 6-on-3 for the uh, final moments of the game to hold on for the win. They've won three in a row, and they've scored at least three goals in all three of those games, and now they are going to match up against Chicago in a game that's going to be coming up tomorrow night on the road before they come home for three straight against Washington, and then they'll play a back-to-back games against Anaheim. Uh, Blues head coach Craig Berube speaking with the media last night, and uh, he opened up by talking about the circumstances that uh, led to that late six-on-three situation. It's unfortunate with Bucci knocking it out of the air into the stands. It's like, you know, but, yeah, guys battled and did a good job. Benner made a big save there. Um, and guys laid it on the line. Yeah, what can you say about the, the PK during that oh, stretch? Oh, did a great job. I mean, um, you know, we probably took too many penalties, you know. But, uh, you know, I think that they're, they're, they're a very good team and very fast, so you get caught sometimes. Chief, what's been the difference in these last three, you think? Competitiveness for me, like, you know, we're winning a ton of puck battles out there. I think that we're um, starting to get our game going in the offensive zone. And, you know, I thought that we did a good job defensively tonight, protected the middle of the ice. We gave up outside shots, but we didn't give them, we didn't give them the freebies and the slot shots. I thought we did a good job. And one thing, it seems like you're not breaking earlier on. You're giving up clusters of goals. You're not doing that. Anymore. Yeah, oh, that's a big thing, too. I mean, they scored, and, but we, we, I thought we held our ground. And then we got some real good shifts, you know, out of guys – uh, be uh, competing down low in the offensive zone and killing time and doing some good things down there. You've mentioned it a couple times now, but that O'Reilly line is really doing doing some stuff down low and around the. Yeah, they've now. been very good. Um, so that's we got to you know they got to keep doing that for us. But I thought we got um, real good contributions from everybody tonight. You know, everybody really was dialed in, competed hard. You know, our charge line had some great shifts down low, just working them, hard hockey. Um, you know, so it was really good to see. And our defense was solid. They played hard. They did a good job defending and broke pucks out and battled. Your, your, your forwards helped out too on D. I think that early in the game, Cairo saved a goal there. He was down low. Yeah, guys, like they're, they're checking they're, and um, working back and protecting and helping out. Speaking of lines, it seems like this is like the best chemistry you've had with all of them, three or four. You feel like the way they shake out right now? Well, yeah, it's going go. It's going well for sure. I mean, um, you know, like you, I agree with you. Um, chemistry's been good. Um, you know, I like the lines right now. Did you like? Uh, uh, seem like the the Thomas line had a little little spunk tonight too. They did. Made some real good plays. Hard on pucks and went against that McKinnon line for most of the night and did a good job. Do you, you, you feel like with each win now, confidence growing a little bit more? Well, it's going to grow. That's play, you know, when you win hockey games, players feel more confident, feel better about themselves, and they're going to play a little more free. Moms are 1-0. 1-0. I told you guys they'd come through. <laughs> That's Craig Berube. Yeah, it was a mom's trip, so uh, many of the Blues players' moms were there. They were having They were having a good time. They were having a very, very good time. 
obviously this the the narrative of the game, the storyline of the game is the last couple minutes and the fighting off uh, the six on three. Just about everybody had something to say about it. We will start with uh, Robert Thomas. I mean, that's probably not the the look you want to give up, um, especially against this team in the last two minutes. But I mean, can't give enough credit to those three guys out there and Benner. Uh, I mean, they did a amazing job keeping their chances to the to kind of the outside, and Benner made some huge saves. So. Uh, I mean, what a what a way to close it. I'm, I'm sure even in your young career, you've seen a lot of things. You've probably never quite seen something quite like that, or have you? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, probably. Uh, I mean, you know, just two unfortunate plays that, that get called. And, uh, I mean, yeah, not the luck you want to give up, but got to give all the credit to the three guys out there in Benner. That was, uh, that was pretty cool to watch. Colton Pareko's thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely uh, intense, that's for sure. Uh, Definitely focused, and they got a lot of good players that can do a lot of damage, and just got to stay tight, try to limit their their chances as best as possible. Obviously, really good players, but um, if you can stay tight, hopefully intercept something or um, just get in the lane for some blocks and things like that. And Brandon Saad, who scored, also with his thoughts on the six on three. Uh, that was pretty wild, pretty wild. I mean, it's kind of tough to defend. You just want to pack up the middle, and obviously they had a lot of good cracks at it, missed a couple shots, and Bitter made some saves, and uh, that's the hockey game. It was Brandon Saad, Robert Thomas, and Jordan Cairo who all scored last night for the Blues. Jordan Bennington, 45 saves, and he had some big, big ones. Thomas had uh, thoughts on Bennington's performance. Yeah, I mean, he's always been good right from the first game. Um, you know, we, we weren't helping him too much, but I think the last, the last three games especially, he's took it to another level, and uh, it's given us a lot of confidence in front of him. Pareko also with some thoughts. It's it's uh, unbelievable. He's made some some really incredible saves. He's he's kept us in the in every single game this year, um, and now it's just we're on the winning side of it. So it's uh, been a lot of fun to watch him. He's he's a true competitor that uh, just continues to build, and um, he, he's always there to uh, to help us out. So the Blues have won three in a row. The three-game winning streak comes on the heels of an eight-game losing streak, which came on the heels of a winning streak to start the season. So, so far, uh, not much alternating. It's just you're either winning a bunch of games in a row or losing a bunch of games in a row. Uh, the first three, I'm not trying to discount wins. Like you, you never begrudge a victory. That is a very important thing to remember in sports. Never begrudge a victory. So you take those first three wins of the year and uh, you appreciate them for being what they were, but there certainly were some red flags that were going up in those three games uh, that they didn't play all that well, and then they went on to that losing streak, and now they've won three games, and we can we can say that they've looked really impressive in these three games, especially the last two against Vegas and Colorado, two uh, pretty good teams. Pareko feels like the team is looking better uh, in these last three games compared to that eight-game losing streak. I just think we, we continue to stay connected. Um, that's, that's a big part of our game, especially uh, the style that we play, we, we get pecks in deep, we hound, um, a lot of good turnovers, a lot of chances, um, just getting a lot of guys to the net converging. Um, just some pucks are just going into. I mean, we talked about it earlier, sometimes the puck just bounces one way or the other. Get a couple, couple I think we had a bunch of goal, uh, goals off our own players earlier on in um, one, one goal game. So, um, no, we're just, we're just working hard. We're just kind of trying to continue to build our game, and uh, it's been good. You can't overstate puck luck, and 
you make your own luck, but at the same time, when things are not going well, you don't get that luck, and now all of a sudden some things are going a little bit uh, in a different direction, and that's good to see. And now they are going to match up against Chicago coming up tomorrow night to wrap up this three-game road trip before they're back home coming up on Thursday when they take on Washington. When we return, we'll switch gears. We'll talk some uh, Cardinals baseball. Still coming up on the program, uh, Illinois basketball coach Brad Underwood. He's going to join us at about 7.20, but between now and then, we'll talk all Cardinals baseball, starting with some interesting comments that were made by Ken Rosenthal in one of his latest pieces at The Athletic. We'll let you know what he said about a potential Cardinals reunion with a fan favorite and whether or not something like that could potentially happen and if the roster has room for him. We'll discuss that coming up in just a moment. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Your home of the Cardinals. Arnato swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown! Kansas City! We are America's sports voice. KMOX. Sports Open Line continues here on a Tuesday. In about a half hour, we are going to be joined by Illinois men's basketball coach Brad Underwood. Our parade of coaches continuing, potentially wrapping up. We're, we're working on one more, but we might be unsuccessful on that. Uh, but we've gotten a lot of coaches on uh, over the course of the last uh, couple weeks, which has been a whole lot of fun. So uh, Coach Underwood is going to uh, join us at uh, 720 is when he's going to be with us. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you give us a call. That's how you text us. If you want to tweet at me, you can do so at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, By the way, tonight is the night that they are announcing the manager of the year awards and Cleveland Guardians manager Terry Francona being named the American League manager of the year for a third time in his career. He received 17 first place votes. Orioles manager Brandon Hyde comes in second. Mariners manager Scott Service finishing third. And then after that, Dusty Baker of the Astros, Aaron Boone of the Yankees, and Kevin Cash of the Rays all receiving votes. The big news of the day in the world of baseball, Anthony Rizzo, he is returning to the New York Yankees. He has signed a two-year deal that includes a club option for a third year. Rizzo is going to make $34 million over the next two seasons, according to ESPN. Jesse Rogers, and then the club option for 2025 includes a $6 million buyout. So the uh, total of the contract, $40 million guaranteed. If his 2025 option is picked up for $17 million, he could make up to $51 million over the course of the next three years. You do the thing where you're looking at these contracts. You know, a couple of relief pitchers have gone off the board already in free agency, and you're starting to kind of internally price out things on on what it might look like for who you might be interested in bringing in. And that brings us to this. By the way, I'll, I'll give an advertisement for The Athletic here. You should subscribe to The Athletic. I always feel like so bad when I read something straight from The Athletic because people pay for it and I feel like I'm stealing something from them. But I I am a subscriber and you should be a subscriber. So that makes up for uh, me reading something straight from it. Uh, This is what Ken Rosenthal wrote on The Athletic today. This is my own speculation and not anything I've heard specifically, but Matt Carpenter's deep 
and enduring connections to the Cardinals would seem to make a potential reunion feasible. Carpenter was a roommate and rookie ball with Cardinals manager Ali Marmel. His transformation last offseason included a visit to the Marucci's Baseball Performance Lab in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, with Cardinal stars Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnato, as well as hitting sessions with former teammate and new Cardinals bench coach Matt Holliday. The retirement of Albert Pujols potentially creates an opening for Carpenter, who turns 37 on November 26th, and the departure of hitting coach Jeff Albert also could enhance the possibility. Carpenter did not blame Albert for his struggles in his latter years with the Cardinals, but said, quote, I just never bought into analytics like I should have, unquote. Again, the first sentence in that is from Rosenthal is, this is my own speculation and not anything I've heard specifically. That's really important. Like sometimes rumors get somebody out there is already saying that, well, there's reports out there that the Cardinals are thinking about bringing in Matt Carpenter. Yeah, Ken Rosenthal said. Like, that's not what Rosenthal said. It's not what Rosenthal said. All Rosenthal said is that just based off his baseball knowledge, his understanding of the league, things like that, that maybe, just maybe, it would make sense for Matt Carpenter to return to the Cardinals. So here's my question for you, and we'll see if we get any responses on this, and we'll revisit it uh, after our top-of-the-hour news. Uh, how do you like that idea? And I'd love to get tweets and text on that. You can uh, text in 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you text, or if you want to tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Do you like the idea of a Matt Carpenter return to the Cardinals. You know, he he did have a career renaissance this past year. Certainly a big bounce back uh, with the Yankees where he put together uh, quite the season, uh, hit a bunch of home runs, was a really produced well for the team. Was it an, is, is it real? Is it real? Like, was who he was this past year who he's going to be the moving forward? Do you like Matt Carpenter back with the birds on the bat? 314-436-7900. That's how you text in. At Matt Pauley on air. That's how you tweet in. We'll discuss it after the top of the hour news. Plus Brad Underwood in about 25 minutes. It's Sports Open Line on KMOX.